Welcome to Zichud Avsimani, my name is Avram Goldhari, and today we're going to Psachim, Dav Chav Tes. So the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, after staying on Dav Chav Ches, the positions of the three to nine regarding if and when Hamas becomes prohibited, and what prohibition is violated during different time periods, the Gemara goes back to its initial difficulty in determining whose opinion is reflected in the mission that states that a Jew's Hamas is forbidden after Pesach, but a Nachri's is permitted. Rav Acher Yaakov said that the mission reflects the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, and he derives the prohibition of leaven regarding eating from the prohibition of leaven regarding seeing, meaning that just as one is restricted from seeing his chametz, but he may see the chametz of Nachum and Hektish, so too only your leaven you may not eat, but one may eat that of Nachum and Hektish. In fact, continues Rabbi Akhubar Yaakov, the Mishnah should have stated that a Nachum's chametz is permitted to be eaten during Pesach, but since it says that a Jew's chametz is Asir Bahana after Pesach, it contrasted it with the Nachri's Chametz that is Mutabahana after Pesach. The Gemara later proves that Rabbi Akhubar Yaakov retracted his understanding of Rabbi Yehuda's position. Point number two, the Gemara brings a Brice and cites five interpretations. The Brice is stated, One who eats Chametz of Hektish during Pesach has committed Me'ilah, and there are those that say that he has not committed Me'ilah. Rabbi Akhubar Rav explained in the name of Yosef that the Machok is regarding B'davra Agor Mulamamon Kamamundamim whether something that can lead to a benefit of money is treated as though it's money now. The one who says that he who eats the chametz has committed me'ila holds that it is treated as money now, since the chametz of hektish can be eaten after Pesach and therefore has value. The yesh omrim holds that something that can lead to a benefit of money is not treated as though it is money now. Therefore, the person didn't commit an act of me'ila on something of value. Rav Yaakov provides another interpretation from which the Gemara proves that he retracted his original understanding of Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. In point number three, the Gemara presents three opinions regarding the halachas of mixtures containing chametz. Rab holds, chametz bezmano ben bemino ben shalom bemino aser. If chametz is mixed with permitted foods on Pesach, then whether the chametz is mixed in with its kind or not, it's forbidden. After Pesach, it's only forbidden bemino in its kind, and it's permitted mixed with something that's not its kind, provided that it's not nosentam. It's too minute to impart flavor to the mixture. Shmuel holds that during Pesach, Bemino Aser, Shalom Bemino Mutter, it's prohibited with Bemino, its kind, but permitted with not its kind, provided that's too minute to be no centum, to impart flavor. After Pesach, the mixture is permitted with its kind and not its kind, provided that's not no centum. Rabbi Yochanan holds, Chametz Bezmano Ben Bemino Ben Shalom Bemino Aser Ben Nosentam. The mixture is Aser during Pesach with its kind and not with its kind, if it imparts flavor. And after Pesach, it's permitted with food of its kind or not of its kind. The Gemara brings the rationale for each of these opinions. So once again, the three points are number one. After stating on Dav Chav Ches the positions of the three Tanaim regarding if and when Chametz becomes prohibited and what prohibition is violated during these different time periods, the Gemara goes back to its initial difficulty in determining whose opinion is reflected in the Mishnah that states that a Jew's Chametz is forbidden after Pesach, but a Nachri's is permitted. Rav Acher Yaakov said that the Mishnah reflects the opinion of Rav Yehuda. And he derives the prohibition of leaven regarding eating from the prohibition of leaven regarding seeing, meaning that just as one is restricted from seeing his chametz, but he may see the chametz of Nachrim and Hektish, so too only your leaven you may not eat, but you may eat that of Nachrim and Hektish. In fact, continues Rav Yaakov, the Mishnah should have stated that a Nachrim's chametz is permitted to be eaten during Pesach, but since it stated that a Jew's chametz is Asibahana after Pesach, it contrasted it with a Nachrim's chametz that is Mutabahana after Pesach. The Gemara later proves that Rabbi Yaakov retracted his understanding of Rabbi Yehuda's position. 
Point number two, the Gemara brings a Bryce and cites five interpretations. The Bryce states, One who eats chametz of hektish during Pesach has committed and there are those that say that he has not committed me'ila. Rav Achibar Rav explained in the name of Yosef that the Machlokas is regarding whether something that can lead to a benefit of money is treated as though it's money now. The one who says that he who eats the chametz has committed me'ila holds that it's treated as money now since the chametz of hektish can be eaten after Pesach and therefore has value. The Yesh Omrim holds that something that can lead to a benefit of money is not treated as though it's money now. Therefore, the person did not commit an act of me'il on something of value. The next interpretation of this b'raith is brought by Rav Bar Yaakov, from which the Gemara proves that he retracted his original understanding of Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. And point number three, the Gemara presents three opinions regarding the halachas of mixtures containing chametz. Rav holds, chametz bezmano ben bemino ben shalo bemino aser. If chametz is mixed with permitted foods on Pesach, then whether the chametz is mixed with its kind or not, it's forbidden. After Pesach, it is only forbidden in its kind, and it's permitted mixed with something that is not its kind, provided that it's not nos and tam. It's too minute to impart flavor to the mixture. Shmuel holds that during Pesach, bemino aser, shalob bemino mutter. It's prohibited with its kind, but permitted with not its kind, provided that it's too minute to be nos and tam, to impart flavor. After Pesach, the mixture is permitted with its kind and not its kind, provided that it's not nos and tam. Rabbi Yochanan holds, chametz bezmano ben bemino ben shalob bemino, aser benos and tam. The mixture is ushered during Pesach with its kind and not with its kind, if it imparts flavor. And after Pesach, it is permitted with food of its kind or not of its kind. The more brings a rationale for each of these opinions. All right, so now we go to our simon for Dov Chavtes, and our standard simon for Chavtes is a cot. A cot. So here goes. The chametz enthusiast who kept Nachri chametz under his cot and hektish chametz in the closet could even discern a mashahu of chametz in a mixture that didn't impart taste. Once again, in slow motion. The chametz enthusiast who kept nachri chametz under his cot. Cot? That must be more duff. Chavtes. The chametz enthusiast who kept nachri chametz under his cot. Which reminds us, Rabbi Yaakov said that the Mishnah Duff Chavtes of an Alf reflected the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. And he derives a prohibition of leaven regarding eating from the prohibition of leaven regarding seeing. Meaning that just as one is restricted from seeing his chametz, but he may see the chametz of nachri and hektish, so too only your leaven you may not eat, but one may eat that of nachrim and hektish. In fact, continues Rav Yaakov, the Mishnah should have stated that Nachri's chametz is permitted to be eaten during Pesach. But since it stated that Jews' chametz is Asr Bahana after Pesach, it contrasted it with a Nachri's chametz that is Mutter Bahana after Pesach. The Gemara later proves that Rav Achim Yaakov retracted his understanding of Rav Yehuda's position. So the chametz enthusiast who kept Nachri chametz under his cot and hektish chametz in the closet, which reminds the Gemara brought up Rice that said, Ochel chametz shall hektish, but moed ma'al, one who eats chametz of hektish during Pesach, has committed me'ila, and there are those that say that he has not committed me'ila. And one of the five interpretations of the Bryce was brought by Rav Achibar Rava, who explained in the name of Rav Yosef the Malchok is regarding whether something can lead to a benefit of money is treated as though it's money now. The one who says, the one who eats the chametz has committed me'ila holds that it's treated as money now, since the chametz of hektish can be eaten after Pesach and therefore has value, and the Yishomim holds that something that can lead to benefit of money is not treated as though it's money now. Therefore, the person did not commit an act of me'ila on something of value. So the chametz enthusiast who kept nechri chametz under his cot and hektish chametz in the closet could even discern a mashu of chametz in a mixture that did not impart taste. Which reminds us that more presents the opinions of Rav Shmuel and Rabbi Yochanan regarding the halachas of mixtures containing chametz. So once again, 
The chametz enthusiast who kept nachri chametz under his cot and hectish chametz in the closet could even discern a mashu of chametz in a mixture that did not impart taste. All right, now it's time to go to our four-block back chazara. Dav chavhei, so the simra chavhei is a silver anniversary. The husband's dream silver anniversary party, silver anniversary party, that must be more Dav chavhei. The husband's dream silver anniversary party, where he intended to declare he loved his wife with all his soul and possessions, which reminds us that Rabbi Yezer teaches the reason why the Torah states that one's love for Kosh Baruch should be is to cover people who love their life more than their possessions, as well as people who love their possessions more than their life. So the husband's dream silver anniversary party, where he intended to declare he loved his wife with all his soul and possessions, and that her blood was redder than his, which reminds us that the lacha that one should give up his life rather than commit murder is based on Sephora, is based on the which remain which reminds us that the lach that one should give up his life rather than commit murder is based on the svar of Maichazis, the Damadidach, Sumachtvei, who says your blood is rather than someone else's. Since there's no way to know whose life is more precious to Kajbarhu, it's forbidden to take one life to save another. So the husband's dream silver anniversary party, where he intended to declare he loved his wife with all his soul and possessions, and that her blood was redder than his, was shattered when he realized that the only way to get there was by passing the base of Odazora famous for its sweet-smelling incense, which reminds us of the Malchok is about Hanah, Habawa, Adam, Balkorcha, a case of forbidden benefit that comes to a person independently of his will. Abai and Ravid disagree only in a case of the Esher Vulamachavin, where it's feasible to avoid walking there, and though he doesn't where it's feasible to avoid walking there, and though he does indeed go there, he doesn't intend to enjoy the benefit. According to Rabbi Yeshua, who holds Davrashen Muskavan Aser, something that one does not intend is forbidden, all agree it's Aser. They disagree with respect to Rabbi Shimon, who holds Davrashen Muskavan Mutter, something that one does not intend is permitted. Abai says Rabbi Shimon would permit this case as well, whereas Rava holds that Rabbi Shimon only permits it in cases where it's not feasible to avoid the activity altogether. He would not permit it in this case, since taking an alternative route is feasible. So the symbol Chavav is a military coup. So here goes. The troops, the troops, that must be one Dav Chavav, military coup. The troops hiding the shade of the Heichal wall, which reminds us that from the fact that Rabbi Yochum and Zaka would sit in the shade of the Heichal and teach Torah to the masses is not a proof that Rabbi Yudah holds that in the case of Dolav Shebechamachavin, that what is unavoidable but one intends to enjoy is permitted, as Rav explained, the benefiting the shadow cast by the Heichel is different, the Lesocho Asui, because the Heichel is made primarily as protection for what's inside of it. Therefore, the shade it provides to what is outside of it is deemed an unusual form of benefit, and therefore it's permitted. So the troops hiding the shade of the Heichel wall were enjoying the base of Mikdash sounds, appearance, and aromas, which reminds us that Rapapa explained that what Bar Kampara meant when he said the sound, appearance, and aroma are not subject to Mi'ila was... Kol umara the sound of musical instruments, and the appearance of the Heichel are not subject to Me'ila because they have no substance, and the Reach from the Ketoris after its column of smoke rises is not subject to Me'ila, since its required procedure has been done, and Rashi explains that Me'ila only applies to Kachi Hashem, the Holies of Hashem, and once the mitzvah has been done and the smoke rises, the aroma is no longer considered Kachi Hashem. So the troops hiding the shade of the Heichel wall were enjoying the base of Mikdash sounds, appearance, and aromas, while blowing up new ovens in the distance that were fired up with oral appeals. Which reminds us, the Gemara resolved the contradiction between two prices, where one said a new oven that was fired up with oral appeals needs to be smashed, and the second price stated that it just required cooling down before the next use. The first price was going according to Rebbe Yezer, who holds Zev Zegorim Aser. The joint product of forbidden and permitted causes is forbidden. The forbidden cause is the initial forbidden oral appeals contained in the oven, and the permitted cause is the subsequent permitted wood. 
The second price reflects the opinion of the Rabbanan who hold Zevzegorm Mutter, the joint product of forbidden, and permitted causes is permitted. Dav Chavches, the similar Dav Chavches, is a strong man. The strong man, strong man, that must be more Dav Chavches. The strong man showing off his strength by crumbling chametz in one hand while grinding a vodazor in the other, which reminds us that the chametz disagreed with Rabbi Yehud regarding burning chametz and stated, He crumbles the chametz and scatters it to the wind or casts it into the sea. And the Gemara inquired if that means the chametz must be crumbled whether it's thrown into the wind or cast into the sea, or means they must crumble it to scatter it to the wind, but he may cast it into the sea intact. An apparel inquiry was made regarding a mission that discusses destroying Avodah Zorah using similar language. Rubble holds that the Avodah Zorah being thrown into the Yamamelch doesn't require grinding, but Hametz thrown into the rivers does. Rav Yosef says the opposite. The Avodah Zorah, which doesn't dissolve, requires grinding, but Hametz that does dissolve does not require crumbling. So the strong man showing off his strength by crumbling Hametz in one hand while grinding Avodah Zorah in the other was embarrassed when he was told that the chametz belonged to a nachri, which reminds us that the next Mishnah states, chametz shal nachri sha'abra lava pesach mutter bahana. Chametz belonging to a nachri after pesach has passed is mutter bahana. While Yisrael asr bahana, but chametz that belonged to a Jew over pesach is asr bahana. Shene amar leyarocha saor, as it says, lavin shall not be seen to. Rashi cites the Gemara's conclusion that the Pasuk cite as the reason for the ruling, meaning that the Jew's chametz is forbidden because he's penalized after having transgressed the prohibition against having it in his possession over Pesach. So the strong man showing off his strength by crumbling chametz in one hand while grinding a vodazor in the other was embarrassed when he was told that the chametz belonged to a nachri and that he better relearn the three shitas regarding the iser chametz. Which reminds us that it's a three-way machos between Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi Shimon, and Rabbi regarding when a chametz is aser and what one is liable for. All right, now it's time to conclude with our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which stuff do we discuss why the Pasuk and Kriyashma states both that's on Dav. Chafe. Good. Number two. Which Dav did Malchus Rabbiyaz and the Rabbanu whether a new oven fired up with a forbidden substance needs to be destroyed or not? That's on Dav. Good. Number three. Which Dav do we have a three-way Malchus regarding the Isser Chametz? That's on Dav. Chafchas. Good. Number four. Which stuff did Rav Achim Yaakov initially say that Rav Yehuda held that one could eat a Nachri's chametz on Pesach, but then he retracted? That's on Dav. Chavtes. Good number five. Which stuff did the mission regarding chametz Sha'avr of a Pesach for that of a Jew and that of a Nachri? That's on Dav. Chavtes. Good number six. Which stuff did the Malchus regarding crumbling chametz versus crumbling Gemotazora when being thrown into water? That's on Dav. Chavchas. Good. Number seven. Which of the one that wood that is consecrated for Shlomi does not become a chuan when one is ma'al or Khun Rabbi Yehuda who holds Mio does not apply to Shlomi. That's on Dav. Chavzain. Good. Number eight. Which of the Malchus where the one who ate chametz of Hektish over Pesach has committed Mi'ila. That's on Dav. Chavchas. Good. Number nine. Which of the one that Rabbi Yehuda is called a chumar from Nosar to prove one must burn chametz wasn't Dav because it resulted in a leniency. That's on Dav. Chavzayin. Good. And number 10, which stuff do we have a three of Machokas regarding a mixture containing chametz? That's on Dav. Chavtas. Excellent. Or that concludes our pop quiz. This is Rabbi Avram Golden Zichu. Wishing you a great day and great learning.